0: This is Religion Today with Martin Tanner, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. Religion Today, this program, is broadcast each Sunday at 6.30 a.m. and 9.30 p.m. You can also find it and many pastures of programs on podcasts, on KSL Podcasts. You can do a Google search for Martin Tanner Religion Today, and you will find many of them. In addition to KSL Podcasts, you can find this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Omni, and many, many others. If you have questions or comments about this or any other program or a general religious question, Send me an email. Send it to martinstanner at gmail.com. Before we start today's show, which is a fascinating story about an early Christian church father who was killed for his Christian beliefs, I have an exciting announcement. This Labor Day weekend in Salt Lake City, over four days, September 1st through 4th, which is Thursday through Sunday, At the Hilton Hotel in Salt Lake City, there will be an IONS conference. IONS stands for the International Association for Near-Death Studies. There will be some amazing speakers and people who will share their near-death experiences where they got a glimpse of the next life. I mention it today because even though that's a ways away, Early Bird sign up with big discount prices is ending on July 12th. So, for Early Bird sign up with huge discounts, sign up before July 12th. You can sign up for the entire conference a single day, one speaker, several speakers. I've been involved with and made sure an exceptional lineup will be there speaking especially on Saturday when Utah locals will be off work. Saturday morning, Melvin Morse, Dr. Melvin Morse, a pediatrician, will be speaking. At the time, he was an agnostic Jew. He had a little girl as his patient who drowned in a swimming pool and was clinically dead. No respiration, eyes fixed and dilated. Her heart had stopped, but she was in a coma for three days, after which she was revived. When Dr. Morse asked her what had happened, she said that she had gone to heaven, talked to the Heavenly Father, and sat on Jesus' lap. It's quite a remarkable story. Morse will be there, and so will the little girl who drowned. She'll be telling her story. She's, of course, now grown up. Saturday morning, I'll give a presentation on exceptional near-death experiences in the Latter-day Saint faith from the 1700s to the present. You may say 1700s when the church wasn't formed then. Yes, but people who later joined the church and their family members had some amazing near-death experiences even in the 1700s. And I also am going to share a fascinating near-death experience that was in general conference presented by a state president, one that many people aren't even aware of. I hope you'll enjoy it. Thursday evening, there will be a film called Remembering Heaven with interviews of mothers who had visions and dreams of their yet-to-be-born children in the preexistence. The film with the interviews was made by LDS filmmaker Sarah Hines. Professor Daniel Peterson will be speaking. So will Jeff Olson and Dr. Jeff O'Driscoll. Orthopedic surgeon from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Mary Neal, will be speaking. She had a profound near-death experience when she drowned in a river in South America. Some of the topics and speakers will be a bit off the beaten path, so pick and choose carefully. But the conference will be exceptional. Again, Early Bird sign-up ends July 12th. Go to ions.org where you can sign up or find information, I-A-N-D-S dot O-R-G for more information or just email me. All right. Today's program is about a man many of you will not have heard anything about, but I've always had great respect and admiration for him. His name was Polycarpus in Greek or Polycarp in English. He was the Bishop of Smyrna. He's one of the most prominent figures in the early Christian church in the second century. Smyrna is the city where He presided as bishop. It was located just north of Ephesus, a city where the Apostle Paul converted a number of people to Christianity, and which is, of course, famous for Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Polycarp was known during his lifetime for living a long life dedicated to true discipleship of Christ. He lived a good, moral, just life. Many people today have just not heard of him. He was born about 70 A.D., just after the fall of Jerusalem to the Roman army. When he was a young man in his 20s or 30s, he was made bishop of Smyrna, and he stayed bishop until his death at age 86. Talk about long times for bishops Without being released, he may have the world's record. Polycarp knew at least one apostle that we know of, and he might have known many, but the one who was most influential in his life was the Apostle John. He also no doubt knew others who were not apostles, who personally knew and saw and listened to the teachings of Jesus. During the later years of his life, Polycarp had become very active, and things unknown to the Christian faith creeping in were put forth as being truths. In other words, they were heretics, and they were spreading false doctrines and false ideas into the early Christian church. This is what Latter day Saints would call the apostasy. Polycarp was one of those amazing people, those amazing early Christian church fathers, who talked very directly against these false and heretical ideas. He was quite a fascinating man. So his value as a witness to J- the apostles of Jesus and others who had seen Jesus was very, very high. Polycarp's testimony condemning some of these heretics is quite legendary there was a guy named Marcion and another one named Valentinius who taught a number of false doctrines when they came to him and said you know who we are Polycarp said yeah I know you you're followers of Satan Uh, very direct when Polycarp was 86 extremely old for that era Persecutions against Christians were renewed with great fervor, and Polycarp was targeted. He was calm and courageous. He didn't want to be killed as a martyr, but he also does not seem to have feared martyrdom and being killed very much. Perhaps it was because of his old age. Perhaps it was his tremendous Christian faith. Another early church father who lived just after Polycarp's Irenaeus said that Polycarp had been instructed by a number of the apostles and had conversed with many who had seen Christ and that he was revered as the bishop of Smyrna and was called to that position by the apostle John. How about being called bishop by one of the first apostles of the Apostle John. That would be amazing. Polycarp is also spoken of quite highly by Clement of Alexandria, and especially in a story that's somewhat well-known about the Apostle John and the robber. I'm not sure if you have heard it, but it's a fascinating story. You would enjoy it. It's time for our break. When we come back, more about... Polycarp and at the end of this broadcast I'll mention again about the Lions conference in Utah. Stay tuned. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Today we're talking about Polycarp who's one of my absolute heroes from the early days of Christianity. He was especially stalwart when the apostasy was in full swing. He was Bishop of Smyrna and held that position for decades and decades. Polycarp wrote a letter that's quite remarkable because it has extensive quotes from what we now call the New Testament, showing that he understood well the letters and writings of the Gospels and the apostles of Jesus Christ and others who were writers of the New Testament. Irenaeus, another early church father, writing in his advanced age, tells how vivid his recollections were of having listened to Polycarp who was then an old man. So Irenaeus was a younger guy, Polycarp an older guy. And Irenaeus says how he remembers where Bishop Polycarp would sit, what he looked like, and how he conducted himself, and how he would relate with great fondness and joy the conversations that he had with the Apostle John and others who had actually seen and spent time with Jesus. These reminiscences of Irenaeus are in striking agreement with Polycarp's only known letter in their picture about what was going on in the early church and about the persecutions that were directed towards the early Christians. One of the latest incidents in Polycarp's active life was a journey which, near the close of his life and the close of his time as bishop of Smyrna, he made to Rome, where Antiochus was then bishop. We're not told whether the journey was to settle points of differences, but it might have been because there were some differences between the Roman and the Asiatic church practices. But that didn't seem to change too much, at least in those early days, um, unlike a few centuries later, the great admiration that the different churches and their bishops had for each other's. We can't say with certainty what kind of Easter Sunday each of these had and when they practiced it, and whether or not those differences were at the core of their differences, but it's very likely because we have other secondary sources that show that Easter, which was the principal holiday of the Christian Church, was celebrated at different times in the Eastern Church and the West, and that raised great differences. One of the... Amazing stories from early Christianity is the martyrdom of Polycarp, and it's told in a still existing letter that was addressed to the it was addressed to the entire Christian church, to Christian churches everywhere. The reading rendered into English would be to genuine Christian churches everywhere and to the church in Philomelium which is a town in uh, Pergia. It was addressed by the Church of Smyrna, where Polycarp was a bishop. Many early Christian churches know about this letter. The story relates about Polycarp's martyrdom, what happened to him. There were great persecutions and a number of Games like the games at the Roman Colosseum were held in this particular area. Christians were sought to be killed or tortured, and they were brought from great distances away to swear in front of the public crowd, sometimes, sometimes in private, that they would abide by the. Statements and dictates of the emperor and that they would revere the emperor as the supreme god. Well, Christians couldn't do that. And so that was a problem. Some early Christians, after seeing what their fate would be, being torn up by wild animals or tortured or burned at the stake, confessed and left. Then some would not confess that the emperor was God, and they were killed. And at this point in the story, it seems that Polycarp was sought for, and there was a great degree of effort by the Roman soldiers to try to capture him. He tried to hide in several places in the country, but he was finally apprehended at age 86. Three days before... He was supposed to be burned alive. He had a vision of what was to take place or a dream. And he took that as a sign that he would not survive, but that all would be well. He was betrayed in one of the places where he was staying by some young boys. It was quite sad. There seems to be a number of different discussions about... How to kill Polycarp, it finally was decided that during the course of the games at this great arena, Polycarp would be burned at the stake. And the soldier asked him, he had become a bit fond of him. He said, I'll let you go. Just revile Christ and say that the emperor is God. And here we have Polycarp's great faith and character in his answer. When he said, quote, 86 years have I served our Lord Jesus Christ and he has never done me wrong. How then can I blaspheme my king and my savior? Close quote. At that point, Polycarp was taken to a stake and bound and burned at the stake until he was dead. It was quite a sad event, but one that actually gave great courage and faith to many early Christians who were undergoing such horrible persecutions. Polycarp, a figure of great, great admiration and a source of great faith for early Christians. All right. Uh, we have just a minute left in our program today. One more time, I wanted to mention that I have great excitement about the IONS Conference, the International Association for Near-Death Studies Conference, this September 1st through the 4th at the Hilton Hotel, which is over Labor Day weekend. Early bird sign-ups with a big discount end on July 12th. You can sign up for the entire conference for a single day for one or more speakers. There'll be wonderful speakers of interest to Latter-day Saints. Melvin Morse, Dr. Melvin Morse, who is an agnostic Jew but joined the LDS faith over an event with a small patient of his who was a little girl who came back after drowning in a swimming pool and having a near-death experience and describing to Dr. Morse how she talked to the Heavenly Father and sat on Jesus' lap when she went to heaven. Both Morris and the little girl who has now grown up, Crystal, will be speaking. So will BYU Professor Daniel Peterson. There will be a wonderful LDS film, Remembering Heaven. Visions of preexistent children waiting to be born will be there for you to hear about with interviews from their mothers. I'll be speaking about great near-death experiences in the LDS faith from the 1700s to the present. Jeff Olson, Jeff O'Driscoll, Dr. Marion Neal, and many others will be speaking as well. Go to ions.org or email me at martinstanner at gmail.com for more information. I'm Martin Tanner. Join me again next week. I'm Dave Cauley